What's up? Welcome back to the podcast, The Hostel. Thank you for joining us to start back up. <laughs> to start back up, I just want to say uh, smash that like button and don't forget to click subscribe. But actually, yes. seriously, I want to say um, <laughs> before we get into it and before we start talking about anything, I want to say thank you to my friends and family who uh, I, <laughs> I didn't tell about the podcast for you know <laughs> for the first few episodes and then uh eventually found out about it and you know have been showing me a lot of support so i appreciate that thank you oh we got some uh some listeners do we uh, <laughs> now <yeah>. i'm nervous <laughs> yeah yeah things have changed things have changed it's not just you and me I'm, in here anymore i'm freezing up <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what to say yeah <laughs> but um today our theme of the week is going to be uh learning a language pretty straightforward one of our one of our favorite topics and i think it's one we could probably talk for or talk about for like a week straight i mean (laughs) the two of us we do love uh talking about the languages and we have some experience learning languages between us um and I think we're just going to touch on it a little bit today, um, maybe sort of an introductory uh, episode on language learning. I know eventually we'd love to get some some third parties on here to talk about linguistics or about learning languages. So we'll look forward to that. And I guess I'm thinking of this as like an introduction to our discussions on language. <laughs> Yeah, it's a big topic. You studied a lot of language. You studied a lot more linguistics in college, right? I did, actually. Um, I was considering, as I know you did as well, I was considering maybe looking into a master's in linguistics um, at some point. And part of my my major was actually uh, classical languages, so Greek and Latin, Mm -hmm. ancient Greek and Latin. Um, and then I got the German minor as well. Um, and then you, you had the German double major, didn't you? Yeah, I got the, I got the degree. That was mainly because of the uh, study abroad's gave me so many credits that it made sense to, to go after the degree. But, um, what's your personal experience, you know, learning language? I know, did you actually, so we both speak German, but did you end up learning German in high school? Did you take classes for that? Oh, yeah. So I took four years in high school um, with Frau Craig. Shout out. <laughs> um, I was not the best student, but she was a fantastic teacher. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, despite my uh, being an obnoxious teenager, I learned so much in her class and... I just, I felt that spark immediately with German. Um, And I think a big part of that was due to her, like her inspiration as a teacher. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, there was something about German that I fell in love with. And I remember like staying after class, um, especially in German one, I would like stay after and, and like I would do extra work. Like I remember just writing lines and lines, like I would just write this verb like a thousand times and yeah i really enjoyed learning it i think the i think a big thing to start on is 
when you're learning a language, I think one of the big things that has a huge impact on whether or not you even want to continue learning it is the teacher. When I was in high school, my first mm -hmm. teacher, I was learning Spanish first when I was a freshman in high school. And I think also, I know that people say that the age is really important when learning, but, you know, I think in reality, you can learn a language as fast as, as a toddler. <laughs> like, I... I mean, I know that mm -hmm. you can probably get really in in, into like the science of it. Um, I think it's honestly yeah. argued a lot, but some people that I've known, they, I'll tell them that I learned a language in college, and they'll say, you know, oh, I would love to do that, but I'm too like I'm too old to do it now, or like I wish that I could retain it like a kid. Um, yeah, yeah, I could, I could say, um, I and I might be overstepping a little bit, but I can say that. That is mostly a myth, I think, like, and I mean, anecdotally for me personally, I took Spanish in middle school, mm -hmm. didn't pick it up. I had like two, three different teachers um, and it wasn't, it wasn't well-structured and it mm -hmm. wasn't super fun. So mm -hmm. I didn't learn anything or retain anything. And I know children like toddlers will pick up the accent and keep it and like, right. um, they're, I guess like phonetically they'll be better, but like they don't necessarily learn faster or better than adults. Right. Yeah. And they, they always talk about the difference between acquiring a language and learning the language. And when you're an adult, you learn it. But when you're a kid, you acquire it. But the thing that I've been saying, and I've been saying this forever, I was going to talk about my high school experience of, mm -hmm. of you know, getting into college. But I, I was going to touch on this later, but I, I suppose I'll go ahead and say it now. Do it, yeah. When you're a kid, when you're... You know, if you're, and I'm saying this sort of not just as a criticism to people who say otherwise, but as a sort of motivator to go ahead and learn a language when you're older, when you're like an adult, is when you're a kid, when you're a, you're a little baby or a toddler or whatever, all you want to do is be able to communicate with your parents. Your parents control what you eat, what you wear, you know, what you do, where you go. And the only way to communicate that is like, you don't have any way to communicate it unless you learn the language. So you're like forced to learn it and you don't have any other language to fall back on. You can point or you can make noises or you can whatever, but you're, you're basically learning a language in hard mode when you're a, mm. a, a toddler. It's not that it comes easier in my, I don't think it does, you know, I mean, yeah, your brain is growing at the same time you're learning the language, but I think that I, I honestly, I might be overstepping as well, but I think that that really is a myth. Like the process of learning a language when you're an adult is harder in the same way that, well, I actually don't know a, a good example for that, mm. but you can always fall back on your old language. You can always, you learn translations. You say, this is bike, you know, and you know, this yeah. is the other word yeah, for bike yeah. or whatever. But meta language. Exactly. And then you have these like solidified ideas of the way that sentences are supposed to be structured. So when somebody says this verb kicks this verb to the end of the sentence, always they take second placement unless in this instance. And if you add a comma here, then you have to put it here. You have to learn it in so much more of a technical way. And you have to kind of like unlearn the way that you were thinking. Like that's why it's so hard to learn it when you're an adult. Not that your brain doesn't work as well or you don't learn things as well. It's that you have alternatives. Yeah. Yeah, you can fall back. I know 
Um, <laughs> I know, like, in my experience, I've had a lot of... It's been easy for me as a native English speaker because everywhere I've gone, um, I've had that to fall back on. And everyone in the world seems to know English better than I know their language. <laughs> so even if I'm trying my best to like immerse myself and learn German in Austria or learn modern Greek and Greece, I mean, sometimes you, you use that crutch yeah. and yeah, you don't have the, the babies or the, like the toddlers. Um, the, the world <laughs> is very that... accommodating to English speakers. I'll say that. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's like beyond meta language at that point. It's just like a crutch. Mm-hmm. And, and I think um, that's, I mean, it's good. And maybe that's good that it helps to take some of the stress away. Um, yeah. Because it is important that it's fun. Yeah. We had a good teacher as well. We had really good teachers. I mean, Frau Zuch, yeah. uh, Nick, Sate, they were they were incredible and I, I always loved having his classes and I think had we not had such good teachers, it would have been a lot harder because even though in high school I failed Spanish and then I got D's in French for two years in a row, I really didn't like my teachers. Sorry. Um, well, you know, I just had bad experiences. Um, and I just, you know, I was a high schooler. I couldn't really, I don't know. It's, it's different learning things in, in high school. It's just different. And, um, well, yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. And you have this requirement over your head. Whereas I think that for us, like German was a, a pleasure to pursue in college. Yeah. And so we showed up every day, like, yeah. And, and for me, well, and for you as well, I mean, you had your, uh, your business classes and then, and then you show up to German and it's like, oh, something that isn't business. And like, for mm. me, it was like, yeah, I got oh to get gosh. my head out of classics. It was an escape in a way. Yes. Yeah, it was. It was. That's, I think that's why I latched on and I ended up doing the second degree. It was kind of refreshing when I, when I, when I ended out my business degree, I had one more semester to finish and most of my last semesters were humanities courses for my German class. And although it was in the middle of COVID and it was my least favorite semester, it was my favorite course of classes that I was doing. Mm. And I enjoyed it. I definitely did. I enjoyed it a lot in contrast to what I was learning and everything else. And then also, you know, French and Spanish, I know that they say that those are easier languages to learn. And German was extremely hard. It was definitely not an easy language to learn, but we felt, I think I felt a lot more motivated through it. And I think that's another thing with study abroad is when I was learning French, my French teacher would talk about Spain and, or not, or France, sorry. (laughs) She was talking (laughs) about France and, you know, all of these cultural differences and we would, she would bring in French food and all of that stuff, but it was really hard to get into. And in all honesty, it was, it was extremely hard to, especially as a high school student to try and like mimic the French accent when you're speaking, you kind of keep that American accent as a way Mm. of, of, I don't know why you, you just don't, you don't mimic it. You don't try to sound like you're actually trying to speak the language you're just trying to do it as a 
class passing thing, but when you're when you study abroad, I think the motivation is so much more there just because like right. everyone else is talking like that. You're the only one who's not. So there's that mm-hmm. peer pressure to like fix your accent pretty much. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember <laughs> just little things when I went to uh, France. Um, I went I went to France on spring break for our Austria trip. And I just remember like picking up little phrases. And it's it's crazy because the motivation was there. I was like, oh, I want to ask how much this is. And like, because I want this like, I don't know, like this food or this thing right. <laughs> at a shop. I uh, Specifically, at a, but I, I do have specific memories of like, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> like, and it sticks with me because I, you know, I really, I was like, I want to go to a store and like ask how, how much this is. And then I want to say like, can I have, you know, this on the menu or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that motivation, like I learned more French in that like week than I ever have. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, that doesn't mean, I guess, to bridge um, into our, next sort of topic here that doesn't mean that your options are only limited to going and immersing yourself i think that's right. anyone will probably argue that's one of the best things you can do i can't disagree with that but there's all kinds of stuff there there are all sorts of um, books for learners um, language learning apps websites etc um, yeah i so think i wanted to talk about that a little bit yeah i think i was going to add to that <clears throat> People have a lot of trouble, I think, a lot of times learning a language and they feel like they can't learn a language at home because they're not immersing themselves in it. But I mm-hmm. think I think that that, you know, yeah, it does. <laughs> you remember being there and learning it. Even when you're over there, you still have to put your nose to the grindstone. It's not like it just comes to yep. you magically by being around it. You still have to sit at your desk all the time go over notes, write them down, go through your workbook, and it doesn't come any easier. I mean, all of those little yeah. humps that we had to get over and the frustration and headache of learning a language was done while we were over there. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, in our specific case, like we were in Austria and the German we were hearing was and, and reading was so different from the standard, like the Hochdeutsch, I'm doing air quotes, mm-hmm. um, that, that we learned in school. Yeah. Right. And there was that, that extra layer. It was stressful. It yeah. was. I think yeah. what's important when you're learning a language, they say that you should be doing four things consistently. Every time, every time you're sitting down to practice, you should do four things. You should write, speak, mm-hmm. read, and listen. And I think that they're... Um, not equally as important, honestly. I think that all together they're very important. Like doing all of them is very important. But if you only listen and read, or if you only listen and speak even, and you don't read and write, you're not learning it all the way. I think writing is probably the most difficult, to be honest. I would say maybe speaking, but writing, you have to be a lot more perfectionist about it. Um yeah you know reading reading and listening obviously you know pretty self-explanatory you can take reading at your own pace and 
writing at your own pace, but you should definitely be doing all four. And I think a really big thing to do as well to ensure that you're going to keep yourself accountable is have a way to track your progress. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It's like, like lifting weights, your progressive overload. Right. Right. (laughs) You should. So for, for reading, I know like you have to start with things you understand, like to, to learn, to get better at reading a foreign language. Mm -hmm. I think it's in the order of, you have to understand 90% of what's on the page to then from context, gather the rest of the remaining 10% of the meaning. And so if you continue to read something that you understand a hundred percent, you're really not going to get any better. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And and if it's too hard, same thing, but Mm -hmm. yeah, you can, you can, how do you keep track, I guess, Sean, of, of your progress? I don't. I, I haven't been very good about it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I've been practicing. You know, I when Reese and I, this is something that we do as like a little exercise. Um, so I know you read, you read the news. Yeah, I do. In German. I am, I'm active, I think, on Reddit and like German speaking Reddits to read. I watch... German TV shows like uh, Barbarians. That was a good one. Um, Some German movies are really good to uh, watch. And uh, when Reese and I go out in public, we speak German to each other. Nice. So that's like like a rule that we have. Um, Yeah. In terms of writing. I love that. I Sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's okay. It's it's the delay. Um, it's fine. <laughs> I was saying I love that because you're in public and you're and you're speaking together. So you sort of you're obviously you're practicing, you're speaking and listening on a conversational beat, but you're also um, sort of getting over the discomfort and and sort of like being out in public and in front of people speaking the language. Yeah, exactly. Um, Mm -hmm. that's sweet and it doesn't it doesn't (laughs) i I don't feel as much pressure doing that as i did abroad and i think that's another thing when you study abroad yes you're immersing yourself in that language but if i was to go down the streets of germany i probably Mm -hmm. wouldn't be as confident speaking german with him as i would you know here to be honest because people aren't going to scrutinize the way that i say things it's mainly yeah. just it's mainly just that it's it's kind of overcoming the fear. It's a good good point. It's hard. Easier said than done. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know I get shy as well. Like um or maybe that's not the right word, but I feel I feel like it it might be a bit of shyness or uh, like cuz I'm like oh, all these people I probably sound like a a little baby. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, I sound a bit silly or Yeah. Um but but yeah, and, uh, what do you do? Do you do anything? Yeah, so it, I was gonna say I don't I don't track it as much either, but you know, it is. I'm not gonna excuse myself, but I'll say at a higher level. So with German, it is more difficult. Like, I can't like. I guess I could right go back and say okay, how many words do I know? <laughs> that reminds me of a a skit. But anyways, tangent. Um, <laughs> how many words do I know? And then like, you know, track maybe your vocabulary and, um, or like 
you can actually track like, okay, have I learned the passive of like the irregular verbs or have I learned um, the imperfect of, or the perfect case of whichever verbs or you could just track that in a rote way. Um, I know we, we both like Duolingo. Um, I actually do like it. There's some tracking there. I think on its own as the only thing to learn a language, it's not enough. But in terms of having something to track your progress, I think it's really good. If you do all of the four writing, speaking, reading, and listening, and you also do Duolingo, I think that's good. I think Duolingo encapsulates a lot of those things, but you shouldn't just use that. But it's good for uh, keeping progress and keeping yourself accountable. Totally. I think the best thing about Duolingo is how gamified it is. It mm-hmm. makes it so fun. And you have to add your friends. If you if you have Duolingo and you have friends who also use Duolingo, like like Sean and I are friends over Duolingo. And so if I like miss a day, like he I think it like alerts him, or if I like if I get like a high score, I beat his like score or something like it'll let him know and likewise i get notifications like yeah it'll say oh sean's studying german today and it's so it's like having a lifting buddy i'm using that metaphor again but it's like having a friend to go to the gym with it's like Mm -hmm. it really keeps you accountable um and we were doing norwegian for a while but we stopped because of our plans for germany we're like well maybe we should refocus (laughs) on german exactly um which we should get back on i mean I actually don't know. Have you been doing Duolingo recently? No, I have not. <laughs> I haven't. Maybe we could uh Please we could check us, back Duolingo. in. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so awesome. Duolingo, we are it's a family-friendly podcast here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> check us out. But no, um yeah, C- CEO of Duolingo if you're listening, just shoot us an email um we should maybe we should check in each week the two of us and see like see where we're at with our duolingo um or like our consistency i don't know it could be an added pressure but we could think about it (laughs) fun man fun part of the podcast we could maybe work (laughs) maybe we'll see we'll see yeah we'll see we'll see so um yeah so as well as talking about, you know, fluency as well, in terms mm-hmm. of, of fluency. Like, you know, just being able to speak it, um, you think it's important to to be fluent, to go to a place and, and if you live somewhere, do you think it's important to uh, learn to learn it and be fluent? to live there and uh and for example I'm trying to think of an example i know that there's yeah. a lot more pressure in learning french in france than there is learning german in germany <clears throat> you yeah. know what what personal experience do you have with that and i know that you also spent time in greece mm-hmm. yeah um i i think Personally, I agree. And in France, right, anecdotally, I had a harder time um, because I, well, first off, I haven't studied French formally or really devoted any time to it. Um, But I, it was my experience that fewer people spoke English or were willing to converse in English, at least. And 
um, when compared to Germany. Um, Greece, a, lo- a lot of people in Greece spoke English. I, most people I've, I interacted with, but I was, I, I guess, uh, my peer, like I was hanging out with, um, students at the college. So maybe that's, that's the bias there. But yeah, I think I, I, I sort of threw myself. So in Greece, I threw myself, uh, <laughs> in head first and, um, full, try to like fully immerse and pick up the demotic, uh, the modern Greek. And I, I mean, there were some embarrassing moments, um, some funny moments. I went, I would try to ask, you know, um, ask for directions at the train station. Um, when I was like getting a ticket, I would ask the, the ticket person, like, Oh, how do, how do I get here? Like once I get off at this stop and it was always a struggle and I spoke really slowly and clumsily, but that fumbling, that act of like fumbling through, um, so my lack of fluency was really good for learning. It felt like, like I learned really fast. And I remember by the end of the trip, it was like a couple months I was just getting some dinner and the hostess was asking me about my trip and why I was in Greece and why I was learning Greek. And I remember, I mean, slowly again and clumsily explaining the whole trip, but there was almost this like hint of fluency. So I went in just with the intention of trying really hard to, to speak Greek and it did a lot for me. Now I had a lot of friends who spoke English and I had professors there as well. So if, if I'd gone alone, it would have been a lot tougher not being fluent. Um, and I think, I think it's a little different as an English speaker too, you know, it is. like imagine it's, I think it's kind of, you know, it's almost like a redundant question to ask because anywhere you go, there's going to be some level of English speaking there. I know that some places, some people really don't speak any English at all, but for the most part, if you're going anywhere as an English speaker, it's, mm-hmm. it's really, um, it's really accommodating for you. So as an English speaker, I think something I wanted to piggyback that on was why do you think it's important to learn any language? I think is right. a better question. You're an American. Yeah. You know, we talked, when we talked about study abroad, it's like, why is it important to study abroad? Why is it important to go places? And it was about empathy and and being more open in general. Yeah. But why learn a language? Well, and that's it's a great question. It really is because there's obviously the utility of learning a language and being able to communicate, right? But there is also, it's just the enrichment. And I don't want to sound sappy or, or whatever, but I mean, it's true. It's very enriching. I look over at my, like my bookshelf. Um, I see the letters to a young poet, Rainer Maria Rilke, an Austrian poet. Um, I see the Schönsten Sagen aus Salzburg. <laughs> like it's, it's like a book of folktales of sagas from Salzburg and a book on Gabriela Minter, um, who was one of the Blauer Reiter, one of the artists in this movement based in Munich question mark. Um, but when I think about like our trip to Austria, I think about Rilke and the poems we read. I think about, um, I I think about 
Goethe and I think about, I mean, Kafka. We did some Kafka in one of my classes. And I think mm-hmm. about all the museums, all the artists I was exposed to, um, as well as the, the living, breathing people that like we made friends with. Right. Um, the food, the, the, the beer, the wine, the, the cuisine. I mean, I heard this quote and I'm stealing it. Um, it was a, a German teacher online. I don't remember his name. I can maybe find it, but he said that as many languages as you learn or as many languages as you know, so many times are you a person. So, you know, if you know English and then you learn German as you pick up German as a second language, you sort of have this alter ego, like this this german side to your brain this german side to your life that is like is dear to you i guess i think a big reason is that because when you learn the language and you really learn it not just on a surface level you sort of take in the culture and i think that's like studying abroad and learning a language i think that's why they go hand in hand because yes you like you absorb their mannerisms and the way that they think like they say it this way and they have this sentence structure because of this historic thing. And this is the way that the people are. And this is why they translate this word because in history they did this instead of this, you kind of unlock, you kind of are like filling in the cracks of these kind of question marks about a culture that you didn't know anything about. And I think it's, um, yeah, they go hand in hand. And I think it's like, it's kind of a neat thing to experience. That's a great point and beautifully put. <laughs> Thanks. I, I 100% agree, man. It's inseparable language and, and culture, I think. And um, even on the, at the level of dialect, you know, you have different dialects and different cultures. It's That's such a good point. And I agree. Yeah. And it's interesting because there really is a reason for it. And anybody who's studied language history or linguistics knows that that there's a story behind why we use the latin alphabet and why people use the cyrillic alphabet and why you know and i I can understand how it's not crucial i think to Mm -hmm. to getting the most out of it like i don't think if you go to visit italy you need to learn italian to to take it all in but I think to, to really appreciate it in a different way. I think it's a, it's a very unique way to appreciate it in a different way and people appreciate it. I mean, depending on Mm -hmm. where you go or who you talk to, but you know, I, I, (laughs) there have been multiple times I was in West Virginia one time, one example, it was probably my favorite example of it. And I was walking around the mall I was walking around Walmart and I asked for directions to some thing or whatever. And this lady had a very distinct Bavarian accent. And I asked her, I was like, is, is like your accent? Is it German? And this was right after we came back from, mm-hmm. from uh, our trip. And she's like, yes, yes, I'm from, uh, I'm from Bavaria. And I switched to German with her. And she like lit up like a light. Like it was, it was completely different person I was talking to. She just like 
lit up and we had uh, like a 45 minute conversation. I learned everything about her and and she went reminiscing about all these different things and and um, like all the things that she missed about home. And, and I think it was really mm. nice for her that she kind of had this uh, this ex- experience to kind of, you know, and she spoke Bavarian German, which is very similar to Austrian German, which is what we learned. So it was it was kind of nice, and she got to use her dialect, and yeah, I think little little experiences like that. I mean, I have countless experiences of that. Even I even have uh, guys from Parkersburg who own this restaurant called Tokyo, and they're from Indonesia, and I learned some some words when I was in Indonesia, and. And I asked the guy about it, and um, I heard him say some Indonesian words, and I was like, "Oh, are you like from Indonesia?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm from Bali." And I learned these like terms that are specifically Balinesian. I was like, "Ah, suksmabli," mm-hmm. and he was like, he was freaking out. Every they were freaking Whoa. out. It was uh, it was really cool, and and now every time I go there, I mean, the next like the next time I came in, they they got me some free sake and. Yeah, it's really cool. Nice. It's a really cool experience. And it and it kind of like even in some of the more unspoken languages I guess that kind of that kind of strays off from the topic of you get something out of it like you learning the culture. It's it's almost like that that doesn't really account for learning the culture. That doesn't really have anything to do with it, but it has yeah. given some like enrichment in my personal experience. You know, it's it's occurring to me that the question is the same. Like, why learn the language aside from the utility when you can live and get by just fine with your native language, right? Right. And it's just like, it's the same question. as like, why learn an instrument, right? Right. Because it's like, you can, you can learn the instrument for the utility of, I don't know, maybe playing for money or something. But at the end of the day, what you really get out of it is like, when you meet a fellow musician as a musician, all of a sudden you have so much to talk about and it's just a joy to like share and to play music with people um, and to hear like virtuosos doing their thing <laughs> to hear the maestros. You really start to like appreciate, appreciate the things that they're doing that are special or unique. That's um, a really beautiful analogy. I like that. Yeah. Why yeah. on an instrument? <laughs> yeah yeah why right yeah go ahead yeah well i was just gonna say um i think that that's all we had today if Mm -hmm. you don't mind having a short podcast and we can wrap it up and yeah um, and we we might have another guest next week Mm -hmm. or maybe not we'll see maybe not (laughs) is there anything (laughs) else you wanted to add Man, I'm super caffeinated right now. But this <laughs> this was a great topic. I love to, I, I can like feel myself getting so excited or maybe it's just the coffee. No, but I do love um, we'll have to get some people in here to, to talk some more about language. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I agree. Great, great place to wrap it up. Um, and if if you love learning language or you're interested in in, you know, picking up a language, Stay tuned. We'll have more to say about it. Yeah. All right, Logan. Well, then I will see you later. 
Yes, sir. <laughs> I'll talk to you later, <laughs> all right. man. Have a good day. I'm going to go get some coffee. I am not caffeinated at all. All right, I'm going to chug some water. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll talk to you later. Yep. See you next week, everybody. Bye.